Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. And today, my oldest daughter, Kendra, stops by, and we're going to talk about relationships of kids. What do you do when your, fr- when your kids have friends that you're not sure you like or you're not sure they're a good fit for your kid's life? How do you handle disagreements with your kids? Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome. I hope that your day is going well. Wherever your day is, whatever it is you're doing, I hope that today is a great day for you. Today, I want to talk about what do we do when our kids have friendships that we don't like, right? And and this is something that is across the board. You know, we're probably going to talk about romantic relationships at some level, uh, but it, that is not the only relationship I'm talking about. Like, what about if your kid has a best friend that you don't like? Or if they have a friend that you don't think is good for them? Maybe you, you're neutral. You don't like or dislike the kid. You just don't think they're a good fit for your child. What do you do? And by we, I do mean myself and my oldest daughter, Kendra. She has stopped by once again for an episode on, hey, let's just talk unscripted dad and daughter. Kendra, you want to say hi? Yeah. Hey, everybody. I'm Kendra. All right, so let's kick it off. Uh, something that you brought up to me, like, hey, we could talk about this, is the idea of what do parents do when their kids have relationships that the parents aren't sure of? And this is something in every one of my kids' lives, I guess with the exception of Joey because he's so young, <laughs> but in all of my girls' lives, there have been friends that I'm like, ooh, I don't think this person shares our values. I just don't, I downright don't like this particular person. Uh, this person here is bad for you. I remember I made you cry one time uh, because one of your friends had revealed a secret of yours for a pen. And I said to you, I just don't think this person's a good friend, which was not my best dad moment because I really wasn't thinking about your emotions at Mm -hmm. the time. Uh, And I did offer, uh, which as an Italian dad, I I feel this is a good dad moment. I did offer to go to Meyer and buy literally a black trash bag full of pens so you could (laughs) dump them on her desk. I remember. Uh, And you didn't take me up on that offer. To this day, I'm still a little bitter about that. Uh, Let's talk about it. Tell, Tell me about your experience, you with your friends, your siblings. Parents and kids and relationships. Yeah. Where do you want to jump in? Uh, I'd say definitely it has come up in our house many times, but I mean, obviously I'm the oldest. It came up first with me. Yeah. Of I had some really bad luck with friends. I'll say probably this way. So there was multiple friends, I'd say, that we had this conversation. We're like, where is this friendship heading? It doesn't look like you're really being productive or growing here. Right. But one of the things I remember when I was in those friendships is the more your parents like hard push against it, the less you want to listen. Right. And I do think that's a trend even as we get older, but especially with preteens, I feel like the parents' tendency or like their want is to like just lay it out. And kids don't really respond well to that. A lot of it, and I've heard you tell mom this before, is you can voice your concerns, but only so much. And you have to let your kids be able to walk through that themselves and realize why it's not working or why they're unhappy with those friendships. Right. And I think the thing there is, there's this balance. You want to have a conversation with your kids like, hey, how does this person fit into your life? How does their values fit into your values? And the question that I hope will stick with you guys, you, you know, if I were to drop dead tomorrow, which I hate that phrase because I know parents can use that manipulatively and I don't mean it that way. But if I'm not around tomorrow or whenever I'm not around, I hope that the question that sticks with you guys that I hope I taught you is, how does this help you become the person that you want to become, right? Because that's something we should always be developing. You're 20 today. 
right? And so when you were 10, I would talk to you about, well, who do you want to be when you're 20? Honestly, I hate to give you this credit, but something I often run all my decisions through um, is, is it wise in the short term and is it wise in the long run? And I know these are conversations we had all the time when I was a yes. of running my decisions through those two like, yes. metrics. Yeah, you hate, you hate admitting that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, and, but that is a question that I want my kids to remember because that's the question that drives life, right? And d- how does this fit into who you want to become? And I think for parents, the questions that they have to ask is, if you just go in, the minute you realize that your friend is not a good person and or, or is not of the values that you want to have, right? Because people are going to freak out if they hear me say that, like, I when the, the pen incident, you were in like fifth grade? Fourth. Fourth. And so people are going to freak out if I say, hey, I don't think this person's a good person. In my defense, that person turned out to not be a good person as an adult. Also, something interesting about that time frame is it's okay to explain to your kids that this person might not be a good person now, but they won't, like, they have, because there are people in that same age of my life who were objectively doing bad things then who have turned around and we've had conversations much older about that time in our lives. Yes. Yep. And you've even mentioned some of them came to you and said, hey, I really treated you bad those Mm -hmm. years. I'm sorry. And, and so the hard part is, is you have to let your kids fail. You have to let your kids be in relationships that aren't healthy. And at the same time, you have to, and you mentioned this in a different episode, uh, you have to express your concern and make sure that they hear you, express the why that you have the concern. And also expect to get rejected with the concern. And ex- Yes, absolutely. It's one of the things that I think your mom and I have had the most conversations about, because sometimes when you guys are doing things that are, to me, normal teenage girl things, she gets a little spun out. I'm like, babe, that's what they do. They, they're teenage girls, right? And so I, I think the big thing is, is you have to work on having the relationship aside from those things, right? And by that, I mean, the parents have to work and have a relationship with their kid. That is not just about, hey, how are you living your life? But like, hey, you want to go do this? You want to go do that? Like people underestimate the value of just time spent together doing nothing. One of my favorite things was dropping you guys off at school because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you would not stop talking on the way to school. Thursday and Friday, you didn't want to be awake and you just hated the world. But Monday to Wednesday, you were super talkative. And we had a ton of talks ear to ear, not eye to eye. For, for those of you who aren't good visualizers, that means we were both looking forward rather than at each other. Because I think that's one of the things that parents want is they're like, look me in the eye. And most people don't respond well to that. And so you have to have this conversation with your kids about like, hey, I'm not sure that XYZ person is a good person for you. Or in the case of some friends, and I'm thinking one of your sisters, that person's not a good person, period. Mm-hmm. And, and yet... There is the human truth that the more you push somebody to do something, the more they secret it. I remember one time I was talking to somebody about your your sister dating, and he said, well, I don't believe in dating. And I kind of laughed at him. I'm like, well, okay, I, I don't care what you call it. Whatever you call it, that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you have to be aware of that as a parent. The interesting too as well is it was like no secret to us that you didn't really love the idea of us dating at the age when right. my sister was. But you also didn't like try to force her to break up with the person or stop her. Right. You just explained you're concerned and let her do what she wanted to because in my experience with my friends and stuff, like when the parents try to interview in that way, well, you're too young to date. They're just dating on school grounds and then they're not dating at home. Right. Or or they go to their friend's house and make out. Absolutely. And then the parents are kind of in that. And again, we talked about this on another episode. The parents are kind of fostering a secret rebellion Mm -hmm. thing. And the culture that I grew up in would totally put all of that blame on the rebellious little snots that are kids. I really would push on that and say that that's human nature. 
And parents need to parent to human nature. Something you brought up a couple sentences ago that really brought, struck out to me was you brought up the relationship with kids. And I like in therapy, you guys use the word rapport. Yeah. But I like I think something I didn't realize you mentioned it is it is really important for kids to feel like they have a relationship with their parents. Yes. That's not just the parent relationship. Yes. Something that helped a lot in my like early teen years when I was going through a lot is you would do things like, hey, Kendra, we're going to go get lunch Thursday. I'll pick you up from school or I'll pull you out of school, whatever you did. Right, right. right. And we wouldn't talk about anything going on in my life. We talk like we're doing right now about random world stuff, things I found interesting. What you were reading, what I was reading. Exactly. Yeah. But we just do that to build friendship in a sense. Yes. And you need that like level of friendship if you want to be able to voice those concerns to your kids. Right. And and people underestimate, I think people confuse position with influence. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm the parent, so I should have influence. And this is a hard pill to swallow. Not if you haven't done the work. And a lot of parents don't do the work. One of the things that your mom and I often say is people tend to parent passive aggressively. And then when it all falls apart, they parent with intensity. And especially with you as my (laughs) oldest, I'm guilty of that. I think with the three that followed you, I'm far less guilty of it. Because thankfully, I have an excellent wife who was like, hey, you know, you need to learn from this, blah, blah, blah. What would you say to parents who are like currently their daughter, their son has a best friend that they don't think is a good one? Like I think of one of your friends that I never liked, mm-hmm. right? I always thought that this friend was a bad influence and not in that she was uh, encouraging you to you to do bad things. I actually thought she was bad for your mental and emotional health. And I did express that. And much to my great consternation, I would express it and not actually make you do anything other than listen to me. And I look back and sometimes I think, man, I should have just brought the hammer and been, you will not be her friend. Right. You can't see this, but she's shaking her head. No. What would you say to those parents who are in that situation? And then we're going to talk about a, a different aspect of this next. Um, I mean, I can think of exactly what friendship you're talking about and say all your concerns were correct. Yes. But I did not know that at the time. But I remember when I realized that at the time. Something I think that parents need to, like, accept is a lot of parenting is just time. Yes. And, like, just doing the same thing over and over again, eventually it'll stick. Right. Allowing the kid to grow at their Mm -hmm. pace. Because literally every concern my dad just named about that friend was true. And looking back at that as an adult, I can rattle off how and why it was true. Right. But as a preteen who just wanted friends, I didn't necessarily care to evaluate those behaviors because it was a friend right and And that's one of the things i think parents miss for some of their kids maybe the majority of their kids they want a friend and having a bad friend's better than having no friends Mm -hmm. go ahead i I know i cut you off no yeah you're good so i was just gonna say like to an extent if you currently have a preteen you're looking at or a teenager who's just in relationships you don't like express to them why you think that relationship is unhealthy but then also accept a lot of that is going to be your kid has to have those realizations on their own and be there in the fallout. Because that's something mom and dad did really well for me is you guys were there in the fallout of once I realized how hard that relationship was yes. on me. Yes. Is you were there to help me clean up the mess that made. Right. And that's something that we talk about a lot. It's called the dependency paradox. Mm-hmm. The more someone knows that someone will be there to help them pick up the pieces, the more likely they are to do things which will cause them to grow. And yet it's very painful often for the, for, for the, for the child, for the parents, right? Like that relationship, you know, you and I are sitting here kind of smiling and laughing because I was right. Right. Of course <laughs> I was. But at the same time, I take no pleasure. I remember the pain that that realization brought you. And I think 
one of the good intentions that parents have is they want to keep their kids from pain, but it's actually one of the worst things that they can do. I will say, with that friendship and how really bad it was for me in the time of my life that it was, I don't know that I can say I'd go back and change anything because there are so many like things that came from that relationship that I just don't think I would have learned or been able to like articulate otherwise. And I do think it made me a better friend, the people I'm friends with now right? and the relationships I pursue now because right. I had to learn kind of what that dysfunction looked like. Right. And, you, you know, you and I talked about one of your years in school that was incredibly hard. And uh, in fact, this picture came up in my Facebook memories of you sitting by a tree reading when I was coming by to pick you up one day. Mm -hmm. Because at the time, I just thought you were a voracious reader. I didn't realize you were using it to escape, which those are not mutually exclusive. But what really bothered me was I had no idea that that year was as bad as it was until you said to me, I think I want to be homeschooled. And I just, like, the feelings of abject failing as a parent were immense. And, you know, so I talked to you about it. I'm like, I don't know what I could have done differently because I feel like I should have protected you from those people, but I couldn't. And I couldn't and keep you in the world. And you actually said that, which I thought was pretty wise. So I think at the time you were an eighth grader, yeah, uh, maybe a 10th grader. Yeah, you were talking about was sixth grade. Yeah. I remember so clearly what year that was. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the hard part there is, is that idea that I'm going to keep my kids from pain because it keeps me from pain actually doesn't help the kid develop. Uh, run it the other way for a minute. So you have a friend uh, that is still your friend today. We took her out to dinner one time. <laughs> and she engaged in conversation that was a little bit uh, less than appropriate. Um, and in many ways, she doesn't listen to this show, right? I'm I sure don't she think does. She doesn't exist. Okay, good. In many ways, it's because she has some. Uh, Parent, she has some issues with her own parental mm -hmm. units. Um, and, and I was like, it's okay. Like, you were mortified. I still am. <laughs> and I was like, it's okay. Like, I agree with you. It's inappropriate. And she shouldn't bring that mm -hmm. stuff up again. And at the same time, she needs people in her life who are not like her parents. Mm -hmm. uh, and you banned her from seeing the family. <laughs> okay, okay. Whoa. That's a bit Well, not really. That's literally the word <laughs> yeah. you used to well. me. I said, hey, you should invite so-and-so. And, -so. and you're like, no, she's banned from family interactions. <laughs> well. Okay. So if that's a bit dramatic, it's a bit dramatic from you, Miss Drama. <laughs> I am very close to this person and like we still hung out all the time, but I did decide after that incident that especially with what was currently happening in her life, it just wasn't the best move for anybody's growth <laughs> for her to continue to be around my family. And I actually do still stand by that decision. Yeah, I think it was a bad decision, but... I, I bring it up because that's one of the things that I, I I enjoy about our relationship is we rarely hide when we disagree with each other. And we both have, especially now that you're an adult, we don't really have much expectation that the other person is just going to change just because we disagree. Right. Um, and so when it comes to friendships that I don't approve of as a parent or in this case, fr friendships that I do approve of because I believe that you can handle it. But you don't want her hanging out with us because... Hey, I've started bringing her around. I know, more, I know, I know. Just like she came to your birthday party this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How do you run that out for other parents? How do you run that out with the kids that you know that are your age? Maybe your freshman that you're leading in your semester-long orientation class. Um, technically all year. <laughs> technically all year. Uh, one of the things that I think, like, if you're talking about, like, the point of disagreement, because how we yeah. only have yeah. something to, like, we don't expect the other person to change. Something that you have to expect from your kids that I'm so appreciative went really well in our household and I've learned so many of my friends didn't get that opportunity is teach your kids how to defend their side. Not in the yes. talk back way, but just in the here's why I believe what I believe 
And even though we disagree on this, currently I'm considering these things over the things you're telling me. Right. And that goes even further. One of the things that I see parents spend so much energy on that your mom and I have just never done is solving your peer-to-peer disagreements. Oh, you guys barely know my friends' names half the time. Well, I think I, I think you probably underestimate mm-hmm. how much I know your friends' names. Maybe now that you're in college. Yeah. Uh, but even, you know, I think of your siblings, even you, there were some friendships that had stress points, mm-hmm. even with the girl that we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, and her not understanding how cows work. <laughs> um, that's an inside joke that we're not going to let you people in on. Um But even that, there is this, like, I'm not getting involved. You had a friend one time who, when you decided to stop being her friend, the mom called me. I still think about, I can't think of the word, I can't, I need a different word that I'm thinking of. I still think about the, uh, the gall that that took to call me. Audacity. Yeah, audacity to call me, especially after how that all ran out. Oh, yeah. And she was like, well, you know, Kendra said this, and I'll make up a name, call her Sue, which is a swear word in our house because <laughs> the, the last person I dated before your mom, of course, was named Sue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so um, y- you know, well, Kendra said this, and Sue said that, and I would like to meet with you so that we can talk about it. And, and so now I'm stuck because I'm being asked by another parent to facilitate a conversation that goes against one of the values that we're trying to live in our house, which is if you ask for my help, I will do it. But if you don't ask for my help, I will offer advice whether or not you ask for it, mm-hmm. because that's the price you pay for living in my house. But I'll let you make the decisions on your own. And so I was like, well, what do I do? And so I said to her, I said, I'm happy to have the conversation, but then you need to bring Sue and I'll bring Kendra because that way we're not playing. Well, she said, she said, we're just This is what we both just heard. Mm -hmm. And that's been, that was ninth grade. Mm -hmm. So that's been six years. And I'm still waiting on that parent (laughs) to call me back to set up that meeting. Uh, I think that's something the parents have to to really make their peace with. It probably almost always has better outcomes if you let your kids solve it themselves. Also with the like articulating why your kids are not going to follow your advice, even if it drives you nuts and you agree with none of the points they just said, that practice of making your kids do that and be able to say why they're like why they believe differently will really help them, especially as they're evaluating, well, maybe I was wrong about this person. Right. And and when you just tell them they're wrong and you expect them to listen, mm-hmm. and by listen we mean do what I want. Obey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like grades, right? Grades don't measure yeah. knowledge, they measure obedience and conformity. Mm-hmm. Uh when we do this and we say, you have to do this, what we're doing is we're setting them up to become adults who cannot uh, do that for themselves. Mm-hmm. And and your mom and I see this all the time in our therapy. We see it in organizations that we're with. Um, so that's good. That's a good thought there. You know, to summarize this, what we're talking about is the idea of your friends are going to have kids that you don't like. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, your friends are going to have kids that you like, but maybe not aren't you don't think are a good fit for your kids. And so those are things that you run out. But ultimately, the best gift that you can give your kids is let them make decisions and be there to help them pick up the pieces and talk about both sides. Here's why I think you should stop hanging out with your friend. Tell me why you think you should keep hanging out with them and learn to live in that tension. Anything you want to add? Uh, no, I think that wraps it up. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends. Why don't you pick three friends, share it with them. We find value in sharing things with other people. If you have any questions, send me an email, joe at joemartino.com. Please put podcast in the subject line. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time.
change possible.